0: Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would, and that's why I created Your First 100 Leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, This is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 Leads training. And James, I got to say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete. And the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much. And I'll see you there.
1: This week, I have a special guest on to share with you a sort of continuation of my solo podcast last week. I have Scott Scarano. He is a fellow zero enthusiast, a podcaster, and a firm owner, and he's joining me today to riff more on getting through burnout, purpose, and building things your way. So if you don't like hearing how human other accountants actually are, then I would say don't keep listening. (laughs) If you want to keep listening, you're going to hear us talk about some checkered paths, creativity versus productivity, and going against the grain, and a bunch of other real stuff. Listen to the end to hear Scott or little toddler's most recent accounting rap, and check out the show notes for ways that you can connect with Scott. Without further ado, let's dive into this conversation. Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA, and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business, mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. All right. I have Scott Scarano. Is that how you say your last name? I've never Skirano. even asked you. you Scarano. Okay.
2: I always bring up the Sopranos. Like, however you say the Sopranos. Got it. it. would be how you say my name so if you say Sopranos, you can say Scarano.
1: Okay. Well, I'm from New Mexico, so I tend to say things in a Spanish. Yeah. way. Anyways.
2: Yeah. All right. It's from Mexico. So, you're yeah. from the New Mexico. She's from the Old Mexico. <laughs>
1: Awesome. So, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself?
2: Yeah. Scott Scarano. I have an accounting firm that I've had for maybe like 10 years. I've been been at the firm for a while. So, we've got about 10 employees. So, we have a pretty successful firm that I basically do nothing at anymore. Now, I just Mm -hmm. focus on my microphone. I got my podcast now, Accounting High which we just finished the rebrand was sons of CPAs and uh, I do my raps. So I'm also a little toddler. So I am technically going to be 39 and I feel like I'm like 24 right now, but I also identify as a teenager and a toddler. So there's a, (laughs) a, there's a lot of layers to that, but I've just been able to like articulate it in a a lot of ways now because my rap name is little toddler. I take that off after my daughter. And how I everybody takes care of me in all aspects of my life. I can't even take care of myself. <laughs> and as far as the teenager stuff goes, that's accounting high. My daughter's in high school, kinda of like your daughter, but they're about the same age. And we we have the same gap in kids too. Kind yeah, of Yeah,
1: it's crazy. I
2: don't know. And we're from different parts of the parts of the world here. So I feel like you're my kindred spirit. We both have our same initials. Yeah. S right? squared. <laughs> S squared.
1: <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing when when you Sent that over. I was like, I got to figure out how to do that. <laughs> I still haven't I can, figured it out. Yeah,
2: I'll I'll give you a little screen share. I'll, I'll show you how to how I do it. I just do an autofill. So I save the the power of the two, like the two, the square to save that, copy it from somewhere else, put it in the for anybody that wants to square their initials if they have alliterative names like us, put it in the um, like autofill in mm-hmm. the iPhone and on the computer. Yeah. So then when I type two letters sequentially. If I type two R's, it all of a sudden goes R2. Now, that gets annoying because sometimes I don't mean to do that, but sometimes I do, and it's it's always fun.
1: Yeah. I have that autofill when I type Lo, L-O, which yeah. is my daughter's nickname, and then it autofills to her name, Lauren.
3: Ooh, that's <laughs> It's cool. very
1: frustrating when I'm trying to do because I have a client who has lo and behold is part of their name. (laughs) Every time I type that, it like changes it. So that's fun. But Well, that's the good
2: thing about shortcuts, right? So when I type in PHN, it fills in my phone number. When I type in ADDR, it fills in my address. When I type in EML, it fills in my email. So anytime somebody asks me, it's just like, I think about what, I don't think about typing anything in anymore. I just think about which three letters I'm going to do for that response.
1: That's such a hack. such a time-saving hack. Life hacks. (laughs) So we met at ZeroCon and I've listened to your podcast before that and all the things. And then we had intended on talking again at ZeroCon and we never did. So we had to end up doing this on Zoom. <laughs> I Sorry. found out all sorts of cool stuff about you. So can you share basically before we hit record, you said that the Previous podcast episode I did, which I think this will air previously
2: on ambitious bookkeeper. <laughs> previously
1: on the ambitious bookkeeper,
2: we were you were talking about. I, I can give the previously on. Okay, right. so if you haven't listened to that episode, it was on throwing in the towel. The uh, you said when you were like ready to quit. I forgot the title of the episode, but you went over the six things that you are doing and that someone can. Fo- I mean, these these were just. It, I actually wrote them down too. Like you said, nice. take a hiatus. Focus on per- your personal relationships brain dump what weighs on you block your calendar cancel meetings think about your vision and listen to inspiring content Mm -hmm. all those are pretty pretty spot on and i feel like i've got that advice from multiple different places like i i feel like i was in that and i don't mean to interrupt your intro into this but i wanted to do the previously on yeah so No, that's fine. No, you, I
1: want. This is what where I was going. I would love for you to talk about this because because before we hit record, you said that you know it was great that you did this episode. People need to talk about this, and you said that you feel like you're pretty much on the other side of it. But you know, so if you're willing to talk about that whole journey and if you did anything that aligned with that hindsight. Would you do anything different? All the things.
2: Yeah. So I was talking to somebody yesterday, actually, and they gave me a quote that, that one of their mentors gave them. And it was like, there's different phases of awareness. You can be unconsciously unaware of something that, that you're doing or the way that you are. And then you eventually learn what that is. And then you become consciously aware of that trying to fix that whatever it is you're trying to do and then that third phase is you're unconsciously aware and you just are on the other side of whatever it is so for me there's a lot of things i've been trying to change about my life a lot of things that i've internalized now and i don't have to actually articulate what i'm trying to do or how like one of them was i wanted to be a better listener starting this podcast i was Terrible listener. Sorry for my Ian's it's gonna okay. probably edit we'll that out. <laughs> yeah, he will. He will edit that out. He, he's been editing it on mine too. Shout out to Ian. He's our our editor now. Your bro. Love you, bro. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So you know, like, there's there's things that I am unconsciously aware of now, and I can focus now. I can focus. I can listen to people because there's not a million things running around in my mind. There's not like me trying to present something or or butt into a conversation. And that's just that one little aspect, but going back to like feeling that you want to throw in the tower, feeling that you need that change. Like I was running, either running away from something or running towards something for the last, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years, 15 years. And I didn't know what it was. It was just chasing the money. That's all I was doing. I was building up my firm, growing my firm, chasing the dollar signs, chasing the top line, chasing Whatever goal that I hit arbitrarily, like I didn't even know what these goals were for. I just knew I wanted to make more money to then get the next thing, to be able to afford the next thing, whatever that is, mm-hmm. catch up the other person that's making more than me or doing better. Like I never had any real purpose in what I was doing. Like, who, what am I really doing? Am I helping business owners become better business owners? But I'm not really like, we were just doing taxes. You know, We were doing cash basis, bookkeeping taxes, you know, as, as we wanted to get into advisory and our firm and other things like that, we just never really had that ideal client persona or somebody that we were trying to help. And that person that we were messaging toward, we just, anybody will help anybody do anything, you know, as far as compliance and all that. So I didn't really feel like I was doing anything for anybody, but myself. And I didn't really know that that was unconsciously like unaware of what I was doing. I was just like, just doing, doing me and whatever I thought was ways to make more money, I guess. And it wasn't until like, I would say COVID that everything started to like catch up with me. And I realized, and that's, we weren't going to the office anymore. I was in Mexico for like four months because we never came back. We we went a little bit before COVID hit really hard, like in March. And then we didn't go back until May. We didn't come back here until like May, May or June. So I was far removed, far removed from everything going on at the office and things were still running, things were still operating. And then I realized maybe I don't have to do everything I was doing before. Maybe at the office, like maybe I don't have to wear as many hats that I was wearing. Maybe I don't have to do every review, every tax return or review this or do the books for this person. So I started really phasing myself out. All the things that I wanted to eventually do, was always like on the board of get out of this seat, get out of this seat, You know, have somebody handle this so then I could just do sales or I could just be the visionary. And so it took, once I started removing myself from certain things, I realized I still need to be doing something. I'm very ambitious like you, right? I need to be occupying my time. So it was, I went to Mexico again during COVID, like January, early January, we were there for about a month again. And that's when I decided I was going to do a podcast or maybe it was like December, whatever it was. We started recording in January when I got back. And then that really occupied my time. That's where I started to feel like I was back into my element, like, you know, before the accounting stuff, it's all I ever wanted to do was like be an actor or entertain or do something along those lines, be a rapper was kind of what I wanted to do or early days. And I let all that go for money. Like I needed that money, needed security. You know, that Maslow's hierarchy where it's like, you got to focus on the fundamental needs. And I was past that. I had enough money that I didn't know, like, I didn't really need more. I didn't really need to continue doing that. It was just more of a, um, the need to grow. Always need to grow something. And growing the firm too much was not good for the firm was not good for the employees, was not good for the team. Like they just, they, they didn't know where it ended and there was no end in sight when I was just growing it. So now there's a lot more purpose in the firm firm is a lot more focused. I'm trying to be focused on the story too, and keep things going without like steering in a couple of different directions. So there's the firm kind of now running itself without me. And I was doing sales and I was doing a podcast. And spending all my time doing the podcast and wanting to grow the audience. And that's what I had been doing for the last, maybe almost two years now. So I think we started January, 2021. Now it's October, 2022, almost two years. Mm -hmm. And started meeting new people. And the whole, I have a whiteboard and it was like, what are the most important problems in the accounting and tax field? And what are we doing to solve them? And I wrote that before I started doing the podcast. I didn't know what I was going to do, but it was like, that's what I wanted to focus on. That's what I wanted to talk about. That's what, you know, it was like moving. It was the next generation. It's like, this is, this is the, we're seeing this now, like the changing of the guards between like the boomers and our generation. We're seeing a lot of big changes happen in the cloud space and a lot of, a lot of new tech. And we're just, everybody is like bombarded with so much at once now. And they feel like for the last maybe, Eight years, we've been hit with this new thing after this new thing, after this new thing. And it's, you know maybe it's always been like that, but I think it's more so now because everybody's coming at us with all of these new things we should be doing at our firm and all these changes that we should make. And it's just, it's too much. And you definitely feel burned out when you're chasing the next thing and chasing this and trying to change this. And that's all I was ever doing. I was just changing things and doing things. And so all these conversations that I'm having with people, everybody's having the same types of struggles. I was, this is real life. Like I was talking to real firm owners, not the, you know, early days in the podcast was really just a lot of my peers, people I knew through the community, people I knew just through different connections. And I started to go back to like my roots back to how I was in high school, where I was just like, sort of like the connective tissue from all these different groups of people. Like I would be in sports, but I'd also be with the slackers, like people getting high. I'd also be with like the drama club and like all different types of people. And I was always like the bridge between all these different groups because I was like a social chameleon, I guess. Didn't matter who it was. But now I felt like I was doing that with the accounting world. I was like, I know this person, I know this person, but I I felt like everybody already knew each other too. And so I'm just having these conversations as if they're like, everybody's my friend. And they are, like I consider anybody that comes on the show, my friend. And like, I'm learning from real people doing real things and everybody's having the same types of struggles. And I'm just like really tapped into what what I started to figure I didn't really know what my purpose was I didn't know why why I was doing it I just knew that that's what was driving me that was my passion too was this podcast and everybody makes fun of it like Scott has a podcast that's like you know that's this thing that's all he talks about but during that time too I was also changing up a lot of things in my life and closing a lot of things off I read Cal Newport's I was you said something, you said deep questions in your episode and he's got a podcast called deep questions oh. and that changed my life too. That like just listening to his process and, and, and then reading a lot of his books, he's got the book deep work. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's also got digital minimalism and then he's got a world without email. All of those are perfect for you. You would love them. Probably your listeners would too, but digital minimalism was a big one. And that was a detox, a digital detox and going through two, I think it was like two months. It wasn't two weeks. It was like, Two months of, and I think I did over a month of nothing. Like I didn't even I I stopped checking my email for a long time too. I turned all alerts off on my phone. I'm I've never really been a big social person. I actually became a social person to promote this podcast, and I am on there now. Mm-hmm. But that that was a result of after being on the other side of stuff, and, and we can get into that because social still me up, still messes me up. Sorry. <laughs> so so yeah. So it was like getting to the point of realizing that i had a heavy addiction to my phone and everything i did surrounded around that and getting not disconnected from the socials, but disconnected from the phone was so so hard for me like everything's on our phones now we can do absolutely anything we want at any time and i would just be on my phone for hours at a time maybe. maybe maybe not hours but it was like i go from this to this, to this, to this, to this, to this, and never do what I intended to do when I picked up my phone in the first place, right? So you go there to grab somebody's number for somebody else or go check a message or send somebody something. And then there's 12 other alerts that are grabbing you. And they're like, oh, I should check that out. And then I got to do this. And then, you know, so it was like, just getting on the other side of the phone was the hardest, hardest thing to do.
1: We'll be back after a quick break. This episode of the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast is sponsored by my brand new free training, the ultimate guide to creating a profitable bookkeeping business. In just one hour, you will learn three keys to creating and launching a profitable bookkeeping business. We will map out your path to creating a bookkeeping or accounting business that keeps you in control of your time, priorities, and expertise from someone who built a six-figure firm on part-time hours. That's right, you can stay in control of your time, keep family as your priority, and serve your clients well. It just takes a little strategy up front and I'm going to help you with that during this free training. So head over to the show notes to sign up now for the next training and find out how you can choose the work you do, kick imposter syndrome to the curb, use tech to be super efficient, which all leads to a profitable business. Just head on over to ambitiousbookkeeper.com and I will see you there. I'm having a hard time wanting to use it again. Honestly, I don't even know where it's at.
2: Good. Yeah. So you, you're <laughs> I'm like, I left it somewhere. <laughs> but you're getting there. You're getting to the point where you realize you have a life again, and you realize you have people in your lives that you were. I didn't know I was neglecting people. Like I was, sit- I would be in front of somebody, and my phone would be out, and then I would be. Like nodding, like as if I was listening to them and I see people doing this with me all the time Yeah, and I'm 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 not trying not to be the one that's like, put your phone away when you're talking to me or you're not going to pay attention. I do that with my really close friends though. I I call them out on it because they are totally unaware of it. And like, but my phone's now like, I can't even have it in eyesight. And if I do, it's got to be upside down and I don't have any alerts anymore either. And it's still, I'm drawn to certain apps. When I pick up my phone, it still happens. Mm -hmm. Even a year later like of doing this so during that two months of like whole detox you go through the phases of addiction you go through and i've i've been on drugs i've done all kinds of stuff so i know how these these addictions go i've never really like never really been able to articulate it well because i've always also been able to just get off of things too like if i wanted to stop smoking I'd just stop. Yeah. i just stopped yeah haven't smoked since like i i was really like for the last 15 years, I was also taking this medication for anti-anxiety, Cullodopin. And that's a serious addiction that I just stopped taking in June of last year, along the same time that I stopped using my phone. So I had a lot of things that was like drastic changes in my life last year. And it's very hard to get on the other side of that. Like it was, I probably should have went to rehab just for the, uh, just for the phone, it's not not the drug. <laughs> that was the worst part about all of it, but it was happening all at the same time too. so eventually like there's still borders and things that I had to do. There's habits that I had to create in order to break the bad habits. And I got really heavy into habit formation, habit deletion, a lot of different books on that. There's atomic habits. We've got three episodes on atomic habits on ours. I do some book reports too, on the podcast at accounting high, you know, it's high school book reports. So, uh, you know, breaking habits and just simple ways of doing that. And, those is very powerful if you can link up a couple of habits. So there's
1: habit pairing,
2: <laughs> habit pairing, habit stacking. Yeah. I got 12 habits a day that I track now. And it wasn't until like March of this year that I was able to put those 12 together. They're all numbered. They're all like, it's very accountant-esque. It's very analytical, but I got them numbered one to 12 and each one is tied to that number too. So it's, I'll get to that part. That's, that's actually a little further down in the story, but it's like, so back to like the phone, you know, there were certain things you got to phase in some of these things too. You can't just go cold Turkey on it because then once you do open it back up and he goes into great lengths of this in digital minimalism, probably a great book for you to check out. I know you don't want to read too many business books now, but that's a, that's more of a life book too. So getting on the, like phasing things out, phasing them in. I you, think you do have to start with a full detox of it just to figure out and to tap in. I mean, you, you basically articulated the right steps and things to do to, to start getting on the other side of this. Like I used to, I, I definitely had to do brain dumps almost every night just to be able to sleep. Mm-hmm. Being off, getting off that medication and trying to actually get eight hours of sleep is very hard for somebody who traditionally only had like five hours of sleep a night. If that, you know, and some nights I would just go maybe four or five hours, two hours, some nights if I was working too much. So, trying to sleep again after like all of these inputs, like I, you know, be working till like 11 sometimes. And how do you go to sleep after that? You don't you go watch TV, and I would watch TV for like till 2 a.m. sometimes just to kind of decompress. Yeah. yeah, that's not winding down. No, it's yeah. So, so then cutting all these things out. I cut out news. I cut out like any input that was changing where what I wanted to do. Anything that affected my mood, anything that affected that was telling me what I needed to do, I deleted like yeah. out of my life altogether. If I wanted to find out about the news, it was just in conversation. People told me what was happening and I didn't really give a shit anyway. <laughs> it just yeah. didn't really matter. I
1: haven't watched news in years and years and years. Yeah, like, that's just, I don't look at the news on my phone. It's never been, a th- I'm one of those people for sure. That's like ignorance is bliss, but the other people in my household do follow the news. And so anything that's very important, I will know about. <laughs>
4: yeah. They tell you and they tell you
2: everything you need to know. So you don't even really need to check out the article. Like it's yeah. so, and, and so that is a lot of different, a lot of little things. It's always like, I can't just attribute anything to one thing because right. it's always a whole lot of little things to really change your mindset around our, what our life has turned into too. Cause I think we both know the other side of having a phone and not having a phone, um, having a, a smartphone, let's just say, or just internet, having everything at our fingertips. Like we grew up where I think we had a, I instant message. And that mm-hmm. was like one of the first social networks for us. I, or I, ICQ. I think.
1: Did you have ICQ?
2: I didn't have ICQ, no. Oh, it was no. a
1: chat thing too. And like Yahoo Messenger.
2: <laughs> yeah, Yahoo Messenger. I, I definitely had that. And there was like bulletin boards before that. But that was like the first real like social network I can remember. And that's where life started to change. That's where like I started to try and build little communities where we had all of our AIM names in our high school. There was like 20 or 30 of us that had homie in the beginning of our name, it was like, I was homie slice and everybody had homies and we were like the homies. Like it was, that was fun, but it's like building these little communities and, and that connected the you. Like, you know, during college was when Facebook came out and you had to have an EDU, you know, to get to have the Facebook and all of those great things. These are, these are, these are wonderful things that have changed all of our lives, but then it just got perverted over time. Email too. yeah. Check out world without email, Cal Newport. Like that's, that's one of my Bibles too. And I'm I'm like one of the only people in the, I feel like I'm one of the only people in the world that doesn't really use email, but I still have to have somebody attending to my email. Like, yeah. and I think I know of a lot of people that do that, where you have like a, I have a VA, like a virtual assistant that's, call him a VA, but he's like assistant. Like he's, he's in Philippines, but he's handling everything when it comes to like my email, a lot of my personal too. Still just getting on the other side of that takes a lot of phases and steps. And first it was, getting sleep and then it was like it was moving sleeping and eating right and changing the way I ate and changing a lot of the things I did to affect how I was in a business sense or at you know to be my full self to focus and to be a presence in a conversation or to be able to listen to somebody because I didn't have something buzzing in my head like something else that I needed to do later that I was yeah. thinking about while somebody else was talking to me like there was just all of these different things and just being more intentional about the choices and the things that I did in a day. So, all I'm very habit driven now, and I wasn't before. I, I, well, I think I was always habit driven, but I just was unconscious about the habits that I was driven by. And now I'm more, a lot more conscious. Like, I have these 12 habits that I'm tracking because without those, I fall apart in other areas too. So, there's certain things that I can and can't do based on those habits. And if I don't, I don't like nobody's telling me I have to do this stuff. I'm yeah. telling me. Cause I know how it's going to be if I don't. So like building on that, it was phases and phases of changing and changing and then iterating. And it wasn't until March of last year that I started articulating which habits I'm going to track and how I'm going to do those. And that was a lot of different books. It was a lot of different like things that I did over time. And, and I do feel you like I would go through phases in my life where I take in all the books I can, like the, psychology books the business type books and everything and then go through phases of not needing anything else because I already got enough in my head or enough things that I I need to be doing and then going back and like you know just kind of oscillating between the input like taking in information and then applying it so it's like theory and then practicing it and then mastering it before I could do anything else
1: yeah and curating the right ones for you
2: that's yeah, that was a good suggestion that, you had.
1: It's hard for a lot of us because it's like, okay, I'm just going to take, especially accountants. They're like, give me the black and white answer. I need the step-by-step, but it's like, but not every step is necessary for you. So you mm-hmm. have to curate what works for you. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that answer. But-
4: Nobody
2: does. Well, everybody wants the template, right? And they think the template's going to work for them universally. And in most cases, a template does work, but you have to put your spices on it. You have to put your you know your own style and your own personality into it and it's like let's say a podcast for example let's say you want to start a podcast there's so many things out there everything you need to do to do a podcast and every all of them should be very similar but every podcast is different because it's the host that brings their own flavor their own spice to it and i never really knew that either i thought like you know i i didn't know what the hell i was doing and i still don't when it comes to the podcast but i'm learning iteratively along the way. And then at the end, I realized I could have just taken this template in the beginning and applied that and just done my thing. It took me a lot longer to get there to figure Mm -hmm. out what's the format and what I'm bringing to the table on these episodes. It was just more of like, I thought I knew best. I always got my own way in everything I've been doing still do. I still got to consciously practice, you know, getting my ego out of the way. That's another book that we did. Ego is the enemy because it is definitely the enemy for all of us. We just don't want to admit it. In in a lot of ways, but you know, just getting out of your own way at the firm that was the biggest thing was me realizing that they didn't need me. And then having that feeling of when they finally don't need you, that hurt too. I was like, wait, wait, they really don't need me for sales. They really don't need me for this. Like, I'm not bringing anything that special to the table. I just like know what's in my head and I'm just doing it, getting it out of your head and getting out of your own way is finding help and finding somebody else to do what you're doing because everybody can do it just as good as you if you let them f- up, you know, let them screw up. <laughs> I gotta watch myself here. You know, if you let, like everything I learned in my life was through messing something up and learning the consequences of, of doing something wrong and, you know, kind of continuing to iterate off of that and to grow off of that. And that was, you know, part of the journey is learn along the way, Nobody could tell me anything, especially like growing up. And even now, you can't tell me how to do something because I got to try it myself. I got to try it the opposite way. I see that in my son too. Anytime we tell him not to do something, he does the exact opposite, exact opposite of what we tell him to do, or he does exactly what you tell him not to press that red button. The first thing he does is press the red button right in front of us, whatever it is. Like if we're at a museum and he can't touch something, he just has to touch it that's how I was like I see that in me and I still do it now like somebody tells me not to do something immediately when they're not looking I'm gonna go do it try it see whatever it is like yeah we had Dave Barrett on from Expensify and somehow in the episode it came up and he said there are no rules there are only consequences and that hit me I was like yes that
1: was such a good episode
2: that was I'm mind
1: blown to how he runs his company
2: right Like we could go, we can have a a whole reaction video just on that episode. That was, (laughs) that was incredible. And like, you know, just, just being able to navigate life through knowing certain things that are you like knowing yourself a little bit better allows you to help other people too. And so it, it took me learning through my kids, you know, when I say I'm, I'm all these ages, that's because I see myself in my, but I have to be present to see these things. Cause I wasn't present when my oldest daughter growing up, I wasn't present. I was always working. I was always at the office. And then when I was home, I had my phone around. I had other things on my mind. I wasn't really there. So it wasn't until I started to become present and start to get on the other side of things that I learned more about myself through my kids. So I see a lot of me in all three of them, see a lot of my wife in all three of them. And like, just, you know, you could learn how to become a better person. If you learn how you operate and I don't. I think that that's Dave said this in that episode too. Like, we're always on a constant journey of learning who we are and defining who we are. We're never defined because we're always changing. You know, there's there's certain things about. I can say this about me. Like, there's certain things about me that probably will never change. If I can accept them and be okay with them, and then use those powers for good, whether it's like things that have been getting in my own way, and then just kind of pivoting, whatever that is, like the breaking of the rules thing. There was never a rule that I didn't break and I think it's always going to be like that but at least like now I do it with the right intent and the right purpose I don't do it just for the attention of breaking a rule or just for the fun or the what's the word like the hedonism of doing something in the moment right like so there's a lot to unpack there but we can that's a whole nother day too
1: it's a rebel yeah
2: (laughs) right like I I
1: think we all have that yeah and Being able to look at something and say, no, I'm going to do it opposite is probably is what has gotten you to where you are too.
2: Well, to some extent, so (laughs) I'm part of a franchise. No, exactly. Like I'm part of a franchise and I'm the last person that should be in a franchise that you have to follow rules, but you know, in (laughs) in, in a way it helped them because that's, it's a very old, like bridging that gap, like talking about people retiring. This is a 57 year old franchise. Like the most of the owners, like it, it had its heyday, now it's trying to revive itself, but most majority of, of franchise owners are are in the retirement age and they were all doing things the same way forever. And then when I bought the franchise from the previous owner who I was working for, everything they told me to do, I did the opposite. They told me, you market your firm by going to door to door to your local businesses and asking them, you know, do you like your account? Like they just had all their sales tips, right? And their their formula. their And I said, what? why Why aren't people doing this online? Like, why aren't, like, why don't you just put your sign up online, let them come to you? Like, oh, nobody looks for accounting services online. This is what they said to me. This is like 2010, <laughs> 2011. And I was like, no, nah, this has got to be a better way, easier way to do this. I'm not walking around in the heat or any day just to like give somebody a flyer the off chance that they might be available Like there's, there's gotta be a higher impact. So I was just doing everything differently. That's how I found zero because they were using their own proprietary system. That was like hand key and everything. And zero was like automation city. Like you can have bank feeds. That's Mm -hmm. dope. Like I don't have to key anything. because it's just going to pull it straight from the bank. Like you can do all these things that we would take hours and hours of time to like do after the fact payroll. And then I find Zen payroll, which is gusto now. And Zen payroll will just do it all for you. Like we'll take. 40 of our clients that we were manually doing payroll for and throw them on there. And then they have a, you know, so there's like all of these things that I was doing differently that I wasn't supposed to be doing. You can't defy the systems of a franchise. You can't change that. Well, now Zero is a huge sponsor of pageant. and Zero is like goes to all of their events and pushing, you know, on all of them to start using it. And this is years later. This is when they told me, where's Zero going to be in five years? Like, we're, why are you using that? Why don't you just use our product or whatever they had their proprietary? You know, it's been around forever. Like, and what what do you think? Like, so they would just always question everything. They didn't get it. They didn't get what I was doing. And now they're kind of like teaching that to the other franchises now. So that was like, so just to touch on what you said, like how it it has helped me. I didn't really know. I didn't know I wasn't following the rules. I just did what I wanted to do and nobody could tell me anything. Like I would just do it anyway if they told me not to. And the consequences were, I grew faster than any other office and they gave me a ton of attention and fed my ego. Like everything, everything, the worst possible scenario for me was put me in a small pond and make me the big fish and then let me build that. Cause then I'm just going to keep going. That's why I kept growing my firm because they kept giving me awards. They give me trips, like taking me different places across the country, like as a reward for paying them more, right? Get more royalty, Mm -hmm. grow in the firm. And, and then, so that was what kept driving me. That was like my motivation, the next phase, like become the biggest office. Okay. I did that now be the first office to hit this million mark. And then it's like, be the first to do this. And then what after that, like, why was I even doing it? It was just feeding my ego. So I think that's kind of circling back to that, but that's kind of touching on breaking the rules. And not everybody's like this. I know not everybody's like me, but I used to always think that people thought like I did in a lot of scenarios. And then it would just seem like common sense to me. Cause it was always, everything I learned was through doing and through the streets. Like I, I say, like it's, people tell me I have, I had street smarts and I didn't quite know, like I, I always thought that as a bad thing or I always saw that as like a, you know, I, I can be book smart too. I can get good grades, but really I got all my grades, mostly from cheating in school, like <laughs> the stuff that I couldn't do. Math was easy. So I, I did get my grades in math. That was like, no problem. When it was I'm like,
1: opposite. Math was oh, yeah. not easy for me, and I liked oh, really? it. Oh yeah, I love to just. It's really funny because there's a lot of people in our industry that are like, "Oh, we're numbers people," and I'm like, "I'm not." But I think that's why I'm able to connect with the clients that I connect with because I can.
2: You got something special too, language, you right? got this creative side that you're bringing to the table, and you understand the business of this too. So you bring it in a, a different X factor than I am. My X factor is like the more on the autistic rain man type side yours is like the you know relating side and you can can (laughs) articulate things and write I can't write like don't ask me to actually do something that requires like reading and then comprehending like these book reports for me I'm just kind of talking right like that's that's easy to me but I was never able to like read something and then be able to write on it It, that was always hard for me I, I was never because I always felt like I was doing it wrong, or I always felt like I, I would always look too deep into the details. And anytime somebody asked me to get the big picture of something, I couldn't give you the big picture, but I can give you every little detail that happened in that story. And I just didn't know what it all meant. I was never able to like see that bigger picture. So able
1: to do that with numbers though.
2: Yeah, numbers tell a story. They always do. They see when I see the details and the numbers, I can see the bigger picture and something. So it's financials or it's people that throw numbers at me, and I can remember. Exactly the number, whatever it is. If I see a stat, I'll remember those things. And I didn't really like know that that was an asset until later, because I was doing things. You I know, mean, I, I can talk about my history because I always do anyway. But I'm trying to use this for good now. My mom always says, "Can't talk about this shit and just like leave it out there." But, like when I was selling drugs, right? So that's one thing that happened in school. <laughs> I was giving people three options when I was doing that. I was I had different form, different cuts of the product right so it was pure and it cost a lot more the pure that was the a a grade b grade c grade and i was making the same amount of money on all three but depending on who you were you know and what you wanted to pay if you wanted to flash your money around you would buy the a grade most people bought the b like they knew it was good it was good enough it wasn't it was, wasn't cut too much and then the c was just like people that just didn't have that much money and most people didn't even buy c but that's kind of what we do at our accounting services we'd sell in you know Different, different packages cuts. people been telling that we were just selling different cuts of our product right and that's not i'm not saying that you should do that cuz i don't even know how i feel about three options anymore but it was just things that i learned intuitively over time like okay i can make this much by doing this and now then i'm doing podcasts like i just forecasted my year just in my head like okay i can sell ads for this much if i have this many listeners i can do i can i can start selling my raps now so i'm doing my raps like maybe i could sell them for this much i can do this many in a year i can do you know, I could sell different aspects of this to the right people. Oh, I can make about $350,000 next year just doing this. Like that's Mm -hmm. not bad, but it's, it's only because I like, I don't ever set out to do things the right way or whichever way. And I never really had an end It was always for like, what's the next hustle? What's the next thing I could do? What's the next thing I can grow? So just applying all that knowledge over time to something with, with purpose. So getting back to like, having a, a drive or having a combining your passion with your purpose. That was something that I didn't learn until like mid year this year. So a year on the other side of like detoxing with the phone and doing everything else. I did an episode with Nicole McKenzie mm-hmm. on purpose. So we always do P words when we do our episodes, we've done about 25 different P words. One of them is on purpose. And I've been, I was holding that episode because I didn't really have a way to articulate it when I decided we were going to do that. And it wasn't until we were at a carbon event in Lake Tahoe that I kind of realized what the purpose is of everything I was doing. And, and then after I figured that out, I read a book that had a, an entire chapter on purpose. And I was like, oh, I did figure it out because this is what he's laying out here. Like he's teaching you how to do it in the book. And I, I figured it out on my own, like through, through many iterations. Mm-hmm. I've always like, I've always thought everybody was so serious around me, the business world and school and everywhere. I've always just tried to bring some kind of fun or light, you know, make things lighter than they are. So I never took myself seriously. And that was always like my secret weapon was I could go into any situation. And as long as I could have some kind of self-deprecating joke or humor or not take myself seriously, then anybody else could lighten up like they usually do because they can laugh at what I do and doesn't impact them because i'm not hurting anybody else and that was always like where i could bring the fun in sometimes that's not good sometimes that would be like you know that that would hurt me in some ways too, make like create less opportunities because i would act like i didn't know anything like a lot of times i try to set the bar really low for Mm -hmm. me so then it's easy to kind of stumble over it and people are impressed if i can actually do something that's worth a damn like so sometimes that would hurt and then other times it was like it was all just part of the fun right and then it lets people loosen up and then all of a sudden all the conversations are better whatever it might be whether it's like a potential client that's a little too buttoned up and if they can't ever get past that then they can't and that's that's the downside of our society a lot of people take themselves too seriously they take life too seriously they take their jobs too seriously they take everything just too seriously because what if i broke the rules what if i you know like that i'm not supposed to do that or like, sometimes not even real rules they just create their own like paradigms or ways of being and you know you gotta wear a suit every day you gotta wear a tie just because that's what they and then they make their employees do that and it's just like that just kind of turns into its own little i guess i don't know what you call that like a narrative of this is the way we're supposed to do things so that's like the accounting world we are supposed to let's say it's tracking time or doing things this way or delivering things to the client this way or doing the books this certain way that's what we're supposed to be doing right and Nobody really opens up their mind to a new way of doing things, and I've always just when I talk about the fun stuff, like I always just wanted things to be easier, so that we can have more time for fun, or we can we can take ourselves take things lightly, and have a little bit more of like levity in what we're doing. So because we're do, spending most of our lives doing what we do for a living for work, and Dave Barrett said this like work this work life balance idea is toxic, because it is because you're separating. Two aspects of yourself. And it's like that show on Apple TV, Severance, where you have two entirely different lives, and that shouldn't be. You should mix those up. You should have fun with both. So you'll have to listen to that whole purpose episode, which I think you might have listened to. Yeah, it, I, I did. Else. Yeah. That was like, you know, that, that was pretty eye opening for me to then finally realize that I could mix my passion and purpose to actually do some good. And it isn't just selfish. Everything I do has been selfish. And in so many ways, like I just do it for me, for what I want to do. The podcast was so so I can learn more about ways to have a better firm, you know, to run a better firm. I can learn from my peers. Yeah. Uh, Doing the, you know, doing anything I do is just because I want to, like, I love rap. I've always been listening to rap since 90s. So now these, these raps that I'm doing, I always wanted to be a rapper anyway. So I was like, (laughs) the first one I did, I did January of this year. And it was one of my favorite songs growing up, Outcasts AT Aliens from 96. And I just had this idea, I'm going to do CP aliens. And I rewrote the whole song with the same rhymes, same cadence. It's like learning a language that you don't know how to speak but just by copying it. And that's what I did with this, it was a par- full parody. I didn't know how to rap. I still kind of learned teaching myself how to rap. But I've been doing these parodies and it's sort of like it turned into a formula. So it's like I'm taking songs from my high school years that should be recognizable to most people that have grown up and been around our age recognizable enough and then mer- merging them into what i've been talking about and been doing anyway for the profession right so for the accounting world so it's like i'm i backed into uh, everything's happened by accident everything i've done has been accidentally on purpose like and now i've done about seven of these and they're getting pretty good like the one i did for expensify that all is the same kind of formula like a song that i knew and loved growing up it fit kind of perfectly with the whole super app. They call themselves the super app. And it's like, okay, super app, super rap, Superman. Oh, I can do Eminem's Superman. So then I just like take copy of pre-existing stuff. So for his, I did. I was really excited about it when we first met. I, I made you listen to the whole thing. Too. I know. Excited about <laughs> you, that. I you watched finished.
1: me while I listened to
2: I it. To, I needed to get out of my own head too. You were one of the first people that heard it too. Like I, I did this over the span of four days and it was just like it all... Clicked. It was all like perfect. It was I could take his five years of emails. His emails are gold. I love his emails. I, I mean, I don't know how much how much accountants feel about how they feel about his emails. Some people don't like it. He's pretty mm-hmm. polarizing. But I took all of that and then just kind of worked its way into the lyrics of the song based on what Eminem was saying. So it was the same kind of like theme or like I just had the whole overarching. It's him talking first person to his app, which is Expensify. Eminem's talking to a girl. He's mm-hmm. talking to his, his true love, like his expensive five. and it could have went two ways on that one that he could have been like, what the hell is this? Like, this is, is kind of weird or he really likes it. I was hoping for the latter and then, yeah, I guess you'll have to listen to the episode to find out, but now I'm working on one for fresh books. And it's like, same kind of thing, fresh books. Okay. And as like, I had it in the back of my mind, I didn't know what the song was going to be, what I was going to do. I'm thinking about it. And it's like outcast so fresh, so clean. Like to me, that was perfect. A lot of people know that song. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's like, it was, it was popular in its day. And I can now take a lot of the fresh books, stuff, their copy and merge that into there. So I'll curse, I'll say things in the songs. I don't really care like what I'm doing in there. And I, I can make a clean version for the Dave Barrett one. I haven't recorded the clean version yet. And I still want you to help me with the hook on that one because.
3: <laughs> <All right. laughs>
2: that you were going to help me with that. So I'm going to do a clean version of these. I got to figure out the whole copyright stuff because I am breaking rules with this because I don't know what I can and can't do. Like I don't know how how Weird Al does this stuff or other people that do parodies on like YouTube, but I see people doing this these things all the time. Like event, like you know, there was a guy that called himself. I guess he still does. I had him on my podcast rapping CPA, and he did like a parody. He did another the accountants anthem. His episode is like the Balancing act is what I called it on the show. But he doesn't really do it that much anymore. Like I'm I'm hungry to find other people doing this so then I could collaborate and I could do things because I just don't see anybody doing this and I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun.
1: Yeah. I'm always amazed when I meet other accountants that actually are creative because it's for some reason a lot of people like put themselves in a box and they're like, I'm not creative because I'm an accountant. And then and then I find out that they're like amazing at playing piano or something. And yeah. I'm like, but you are. <laughs>
2: I think everybody has that, and that's again. We can keep going back to the Dave Baird episode. He said, "Anybody that labels themselves a creative usually doesn't really isn't really that creative." But then I also find the people that label themselves as non-creative they're undervaluing what they bring to the table and how creative they are. Because I've always said that too. I've always kind of seen myself as like other people have told me. I'm creative in ways, but I just don't see it because what I'm doing is common sense. Like what I'm doing is just kind of like what I intuitively think, like what my bookshelf is color coded. Right. I don't think that's creative. I think it's easier for me to find where things are because I think of them in colors. So I think of what an album, Eminem's Eminem show. I know to go in the red because that's where it is. It would take me longer to figure out where the E's are. If something's alphabetical, than to just go to the red and find it there. Mm -hmm. And I, so it's like, I, I've never been able to think alphabetically that goes back to like not being good in the lit stuff and all that numbers are I'm good with, I can kind of tell numbers, but I still can't do my multiplication tables. I don't know. Six times seven. I never will. Like I have to, I I never will. Oh my god!
1: So much relief over here. So that's why I've never considered myself a numbers person because like everyone learned their times tables in third grade Mm -mm. and I was still like figuring out the closest one I knew and then adding to it.
2: I do
4: with my hands all the year. time now, <laughs> still
2: do it closest one. I knew and add the next three or four. Like I can do the fives. Once I get to the five, I got to add another 14. Like if I'm doing sevens, like I got to do that. Like it's, I and still I've always count
1: on my fingers.
2: Yep. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> if I got to, if I got to do nine something, I will just like, take the, okay. So 86, like that's yep, the, the finger trick. <laughs> trick. Yeah. The finger trick or count on my hands. And that's yep. always has been like that. I can't do simple math but I can do the real, like I placed out of math in college. And that's part, like part of the whole college thing too. When I started selling drugs was like, I realized I didn't want to go into business when I first went into school, I I placed out of all the math stuff. So they put me into higher things there. And it was like, I was on track to start the business school. And I'm like, I don't want to wake up early every day in my life. Like I I actually just want to go into entertainment. So I had to, I had a TV show when I was at Carolina. I was doing like screenplay, screenwriting. I changed my major to communications, from business to communications. Everything was like on track to doing some form of like entertainment or something like that. But honestly, I'm so glad everything happened the way it did because otherwise I would have struggled. I probably wouldn't have made any money doing what I did. And I you know, would have been in the sea of everybody else trying to do the same thing. Even if I had talent, it's still so hard to be successful in that world. So hard. And I don't Is think I have problem? it. In- I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I honestly, Sometimes,
1: like, hear me out. Do you ever feel like what, when you get, you got to where you are, like with accounting and everything, and you've seen success and you've now formed that like business mind that you need. If you went into the industry now, if you approached it like a business, would it be that hard?
2: Probably not. And I don't think I have the guts yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ready for that yet because I still like feel comfortable doing what I'm doing, right? Yeah. In front of a smaller audience and being a niche. And this is about how niching your firm is, is a smarter thing to do. I'm niching the entertainment to a specific persona, specific audience. And I've always seen it as entertainment. I'm trying to be educational. I'm trying to bring the education, but that's why I have co-hosts because I don't want to be the one educating people. I don't want at accounting high, I'm the custodian. I'm just the rapping custodian that gets people high under the bleachers. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my role. Everybody else should be the, fa- the faculty that we're going to have at the school. Like, you know, this is still a metaphor of school, right? Is going to be people that actually want to bring their education stuff to the table. So you could be a founding faculty at school and bring forward everything you're already doing with Ambitious Bookkeeper and just have another outlet, another platform to get in front of more people and pro- probably a way to get paid doing it too. That's kind of what I want to do—is bridge that whole like, similar to what Blake's doing with earmark, but in a different way, in a different light, more more heavily sponsored in the public school and private school is going to be like this one-to-one mentoring coaching. Stay tuned. This is probably before we graduate. We're in freshman year here, so we got to bear with me. Before we graduate and we go to accounting, you we're going to get this high school thing nailed down. So, got about four years to get this right. Yeah. But back to like the the entertainment thing. It was like. I think I'm I'm glad everything happened the way it did. I took about a 50. When I said I was, I feel like I'm 24, because that's around the age I was when all this kind of like came to a head, and I decided, okay, after I got arrested, after everything happened, I, probably my parents helped decide that too. Like they never really saw the entertainment stuff as a way to go, and they always downplayed that. They said I wasn't good, or they would they think I was like copying my <laughs> from somebody else, or or all that. They just never really because you are. well i am exactly i am like i would take my ideas from like a couple of different things like when i was writing screenplays i would like take from four different places and merge it into one and make it its own little unique whatever it was little movie like a little short things like that and that's all stuff is
1: these days anyway that's
2: all it is That's all it's ever been but he always told me that he always told me that was wrong and so i was like okay i'm not that original and i still am not like exactly this is why i think everything i'm doing is not that original i'm just taking things and kind of puzzling them together so but it was it, it's a good thing because i think i did need that whole like 15 years so i'm 39 now so 15 minus 39 i think is 24 if i did that right in my head but I, get I, I think the calculator i've worked that out already this i've, I've told the story of time or two before but once i yeah so technically 23 because i'm still 38 but 39 in a couple of weeks so, <laughs> so like but that's where i was at then and building this business and growing and like i'm at the point now where i'm making pretty good money like just having an accounting firm and i've learned a lot about the industry i know a thing or two and i've gotten my head out of my own ass out of my own firm and started learning what everybody else doing and like this is what i'm passionate about as well i'm definitely still passionate about the entertainment stuff and i love that but very passionate about the profession too because that's my life my grandfather had a cpa firm and he's actually started a software business within his firm and my dad took over that software business. My dad still does has accounting software for nonprofits. So I've always been kind of surrounded by that my whole life anyway. And that's why I went to school for accounting first and then changed and then changed back. Right. Like, so I think I get the creative stuff from my mom and the accounting stuff from my dad and his side. So it's sort of like that, uh, you know, once it all comes together and once you kind of realize that you knew it the whole time, everything was by accident, but on purpose too. So,
1: yeah, I was, so I, I have one-on-ones with my team and they're more focused on like mentoring them as people. Mm -hmm. And one of my team members, we had this discussion that, you know, he he was like, I don't know if I'm like that, all that into accounting, but like, I'm going to do it anyways. And I was like, you just have to look at it as a vehicle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like it's okay to not be passionate about the actual accounting, but you see it as a vehicle to help the business owners and a vehicle for yourself to make the money so that you can do the things that you want to do. It's
2: a vehicle and it's a language to look at it like learning a language. Like I'm not, I'm married to a Mexican, my wife's from Mexico, and I still don't speak Spanish. I'm not good with the language stuff either. Like this is, this has been a struggle for me. So 15 years of being married and I still can't speak Spanish, but I think I know the bet, the language of business, because you can go any country or anywhere. And if you do know accounting, that's the language of business. That's, that is the streets of like learning how the business works. And that once you learn that language and you're fluent in it, you could pretty much do anything. So that vehicle is like that fluency in the language. And, you know, you could pretty much go anywhere and you know, I guess things are different. Gap is different in different places, but I don't pay attention to the details anyway. <laughs> like, I, and that was another thing I learned too about myself. I feel like this is a pretty important tip as well, as far as, as far as getting on the other side of, of this is the control factor that I've given up in so many areas in my life that I used to think I needed. I used to try to control everything. I used to try to plan stuff. I used to have to drive places. Like, I don't do anything. That's why the toddler thing came up, like, because, I don't do anything for myself anymore because I just don't care about those details. I don't, I'm okay to be along for the ride on whatever it is. And I used to be the one that had to plan the trips and it always stressed me the f- out, like for every little detail didn't go the way I planned it. Then it was terrible. And I'd be stressed out. And like, I just didn't need, I, like, I didn't really realize I didn't need that until I was on the other side of all this other stuff that I realized I don't care about driving anywhere. I, I want to be the passenger. I don't want to make any decisions for myself. I can't even go to the store and make a decision because I get stressed out over the choices. <laughs> it's so, I can't even go on Amazon anymore because there's just too many choices. There's one, you're looking for a product on there and there's something for $70 or something for 15. How the f- do you know? And they both have good reviews. Which one's better? Like it, it's the same thing. So I, yeah. I just have a lot of trouble making decisions. And I know now, like, I just don't want that. I don't want that control over something because I don't want to have to like... You know, I, there's certain things that I have to make a decision for, and that's that's usually trouble, but I can get past it. Like understanding, like you can make the wrong choice too. It was always like I felt like that was so much on the line there that I couldn't mm-hmm. go back to the store. I got to figure out what I'm going to buy, otherwise I've made the wrong choice. Like I can't go return this. Whatever yeah, that's it is. why
1: I don't hang stuff on my walls.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, too.
1: like I think it's gotten worse over the years. My decision making capabilities, because when you're running a company or a business, like there's now the pressure of making decisions for the business. So it's like all the other little decisions are like, I can't handle it. Like I can't handle figuring out what to wear every day. I mean, Steve Jobs had it down, a black turtleneck. It's one less decision you have to make.
4: (laughs) I have to match
2: everything that I'm wearing. So that's why my clothes are very color coordinated. And I'm only wearing like grays, blacks, and blues, pretty much. I'm starting to introduce red, though. That's a that's a new thing. I think that's a midlife crisis thing for me. <laughs> like instead of getting a red Corvette, I am st- I might start getting red Jordans because accounting high is red and I've been feeling that black and red combo. So I'm slowly getting some stuff today. I'm not doing it. I got a little bit of red on me today, but yeah, I'm like bridging that so I'm sorry to get off track, but it was it's easy if I do everything based on the color. So I start with usually the color like my boxers with the band on the boxers and build it up from there. So everything of my watch band has to match that. The shoes I wear have to match that. The socks I wear and it all has to be the same brand too. So if it's Calvin Klein, everything I'm wearing has to be Calvin Klein. So then it limits my options. It's very it's like a controlling, it's a what do they call that? constraint. Like yeah. I create the constraint initially and then every other decision is based off of that and it's easy. So Everything I do is just usually based on the boxer band. So you can check my boxers and usually everything else matches because if I start, but then if I start with like white or gray, then it opens it up to the next choice. And then it, it might just be a white or gray palette for the day, whatever I'm feeling, the mood, it's the mood that I'm into. Red is like more passion and like more like that fire. Like I'm, I got that energy in me and a lot of like, I have that now without that medicine, I have a lot of anxiety, but I framed it as excitement. So anxiety Can be excitement. It's the same feelings. It's the same emotion inside of you. But if you frame it the right way, you can anticipate something to be excited about it, or you can be anxious for it and scared of, and whatever it might be, whether it's something in the past or the future or something that's happening in the moment. So I've been able to maybe eighty percent of the anxiety is now excitement. But then there's still that twenty percent that gets me, and like I got to go to the hospital because I'm gonna die this day or whatever. Like a panic attack is terrible. So still got to deal with that, but yeah, I don't know where I was going, but I think the whole part about like the report, where is that with color coding and like Mm -hmm. the, you know, figuring out the decisions, like making the decisions, like giving up the control over. And I'm like that too, with pictures and frames. And finally one day I get it in me to just put it all on the wall and then I still it up. Like I, I had, I had a bunch of stuff that I had to put on the wall and then I got cheap with the command tape. And I knew what I was doing and I knew like, I didn't want to have to go buy more. So then I cut them all in half and and (laughs) half of the things fell off the wall and they still aren't back up. Still not back up.
1: Yeah. So you feel like you're on the other side of your detox now. Yeah. And that looks like spending time in your creative zone,
2: (sighs) color coding your books
1: (laughs) and your boxers
2: (laughs) and my boxers and everything. I spend time on the things that seem very trivial to everybody else. And like, why did you spend your day doing this or why? Like, but to me, it's, it's essential. Like it's to me, I got to do these things to make everything else easier and like create those constraints. And it's like the the habits that I track. Right. And I feel like I will stay on the other side of this as long as I'm still tracking those. So mm-hmm. there's 12 of them every day. I got to write one line of something and that could be just journaling, but I try to write one line of a rap every day you know, and I don't always do that, but I still journal or write something by the end of the day. Read two pages of a book a day, real reading, because I used to not be able to read. Before I was on the other side of this, I couldn't read. I had too much in my head, so I would just keep reading page after page, and thinking about something else.
1: Anything. Yeah, yeah. got
2: to go back. Even listening to books, too. I would be thinking about something else while the book's on, and I have to rewind. Like, then they catch my ear and I'd rewind. I can actually focus now. Like, that's, my mind is clear enough but that's, that comes with some of the later habits. So I got to track three habits. Three is tracking three habits a day. So just checking three boxes off. I've had days where I've only checked two. So I can't check that third one. Actually, if I check two and I check the third one, that's the third one. <laughs> I can't lie to myself on here. You'll that's, that's, I'm um, like lying is something that I've not been able to do in the past couple of years. Like I'm not even, if somebody asks me a question, I have to answer it straight up because I can't, lie anymore. I used to lie for everything. I used to lie all the time. Now I just can't do it. It's it's hard for me. So I'm a little too honest with most people, anybody I meet, I'm just too honest.
1: Someone gave you not. like a, a no lying potion or something. Yeah,
2: somebody did. And I have potion. <laughs> still got it in me too. And it's, it's actually very <laughs> liberating to not have to lie or not have to lie to yourself about stuff too. It's lying to yourself. That was what, what, what always got me. I was lying to myself, waiting till 4.20 to get high. So I don't get high before 4.20 every day. And that has helped me a lot too. Five push push-ups a day, meditate for six minutes or six breaths. So that was like me putting in the fine print because some days I couldn't get six minutes and it would be the end of the day. So I just had to do six breaths. So six breaths, work out for seven minutes. So some type of heart activity, working out for seven minutes. That one's hard to keep up with every day, but seven minutes isn't quite too much. Like yeah. I can still do seven minutes. Sleeping for eight hours, that one's tough. Got to have all other kinds of things going on just to be able to sleep for eight hours. Like that's got to close everything down. So then the next one's is like shutting down at 9 p.m. No phone, no anything, no inputs after 9 p.m. So I can't even pick up my phone to check a text or else I can't check the box. So lately I've, I added a little MT, little mountain time. Sometimes I do like just do one little thing so I'm not lying to myself. I can still. But check I have the a box. question
1: on that one yeah. because that is one that I struggle with because I have a teenager who drives. Yeah, and so I don't. I'm. I think if you're in a certain season of your life, it's like you, you do still want to keep your phone. You make the you.
2: rules, right? You make the rules, so you could. <laughs> right, because I would be a, Yeah, but yeah. you make the rules, right? So you could you could say I only use it for this, and if I used it yeah. for that, and I didn't do anything else then i can check the box but if you pick it up and then you end up going on instagram mm-hmm. after you checked her text and then you end up being on there for another 20 minutes or even 10 minutes then I'm like i missed it today and you said that on another episode you have mariah you were like you know sometimes you break your own rule cuz you ha- you set the timers timers don't really work for me like setting a timer for an app i just cheat and i just type in the password and i just yeah. keep going for the day so i have to actually have to have this these hard rules like bright lines and not cross those lines so moving ten thousand steps, so just hitting ten thousand steps for the day, being in bed by eleven p.m., like in bed, and I got a twenty minute buffer on these two, right? So if it's nine eighteen and I'm doing something, I'm okay. It's eleven twenty, I'm at you know eleven fifteen, whatever, and then, and that's the for The twenty minute buffer was because of the four, waiting till four, for to get high. But I usually wait till four twenty because that's the at the time mm-hmm. and standing 12 rings. That's the hardest one to do because when I have podcasts or when I'm editing or just when I'm doing, I'm not editing as much anymore. Thanks to your brother.
1: Yeah. So standing 12, what?
2: 12 rings. So on the Apple watch, you've got like, oh, okay. it, it reminds you to stand up. Apple watch. <laughs> so it I think other things do that too, but you yeah. know, I think it's a good thing. Well, I don't think like I've a lot of people said like sitting is the new cigarettes. Now, like we sit too much and I did it. I did it when I was working at the firm and I do it now when I'm doing this because I'll be writing a rap and I'll be like sitting there in the zone for like four hours and just not know the time passed by
3: mm-hmm. and,
2: or I'd be reviewing tax returns or doing something, you know, but even having these conversations, like today, I have two different episodes of, of things that I'm probably going to be sitting. I probably won't hit my 12 rings for stand. You got to stand a minute out of every hour is what, okay. Is what the rule is. So that's the one I don't. That's the one I break the most often, but that's only on the days that I'm focused like and getting other stuff done. If I'm like out traveling, I always hit it because I never sit down. Like I don't even travel with my laptop anymore. I can't like, I can't go do work when I'm out and about. Like that's just not something that I can't, I can't switch. I don't have balance and I've given that up. That's Ron Baker. That kind of taught me that on his episode. He said balance is overrated. And so did I'm pretty sure Dave Barrett said that in so many ways too. But I've always thought I needed balance in my life. Everybody always says, you got to balance this out. You can't just be all in. I've always had a one or a zero in everything I've done, like the right. matrix, like just one or zero. And that's it. I'm either doing it to 100, like I'm doing it to my fullest of efforts up to 11, or I'm not doing it at all. And I'm better that way than trying to balance things in there. I'm never, I'm never one to be in the middle of something. I'm either going to go at it 100. I feel like you can relate to that in some ways mm-hmm. too. Yeah
1: hence the well if I don't want to go all in I should just throw in the towel right <laughs>
2: exactly exactly though I'm I, but see that's me that's like and I, I relate to that in so many ways because you might as well just throw in the towel if you're not going to be all in then you might as well just not even do it. I'm sorry. sorry it's okay you might as well just not even do it like that that's the way I feel and, and, and I'm almost leaning into that now a little too much and that hurts too so you know I'm not going to tell everybody you shouldn't have balance because I think you should in some aspects, but you got to be able to find it and finding it's hard for me. You're still finding it. So I wish I could, I hope this helps. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where we're at in the story, but uh, I
1: don't either. It's kind of, well, we, we went through your 12 habits that did you form those after how, how long ago did you form those habits and did you do it one at a time?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So March of this year was when I started Rereading Atomic Habits for the third time. I was rereading it with Twyla, a fresh book. Shout out to our fresh book reports that we do. And I have this habit tracker. I spent like, I probably spent like $80 on this book and pen. And I was like, this is, I'm going to use this. And I had it for like a year and I didn't use it. And then, and it's the James Clear Habit Tracker and he wrote Atomic Habits. And so I was like, all right, rereading this book again. I'm going to start using this. And it wasn't until I laid out about 10 habits that I realized there were some numbers associated with them. So I didn't number them at all. It was just like sleep for eight hours, meditate for six minutes, or it was meditate and like close the stand ring and exercise, you know, just different things. And I was like, there's numbers associated with these. And then wait, I got about eight of them already that have a, like, I can shift them around so that the first month I just had them on there and I was just tracking them. And then the next month I realized I got to add two more habits and I've got 12 habits because there was 12 and there was like an 11 and then it skipped three and four, three and four. I didn't have anything for that's why I, like three was like a cop out track three habits and four. I didn't stop getting high until I realized that I can't do other things if I'm high during the day and I would get high by accident. Like I walk around my fanny pack most of the days and that's just easy because I can wear gym shorts and walk around with the fanny pack and I have my weed pens in there and sometimes I'm just on a walk and feeling good and everything's like good for the day. So then I just get a little high and then it would kill the rest of the day. Episodes that I recorded would come out bad because I was too high and I was like too tunneled in on something. So I can't really record if I'm high anymore and I can't really do things. I can't even like focus. Right. Like I'm sure, I don't know if anybody gets high, they can relate to that. I shouldn't be talking about that too much. Like, I guess that's not like a common thing these days anymore.
1: I also feel like there's a subset of people in the weed community that are like yeah. oh no weed helps me focus i'm like you're freaking lying to yourself <laughs> yeah
2: you're lying to yourself i mean maybe maybe it does like sometimes it brings out creative stuff but to creativity me
1: creativity is different than productivity
2: right <laughs> yes that's a great quote out of this it's like the best thing that was said all day out of all my hour and a half of talking like that's that was the best thing creativity is not the same as productivity i'm gonna write that down but no it was like but it was really just like i didn't i, I stopped smoking weed for like 15 years. Right. I just started smoking again when I stopped taking that medication and, and I was going a little too overboard with it, but I started because I realized like I was in California and I I was outside and I was like, I know that smell. And I forgot that it was legal in California. This was like, I I forgot when this was. And then I was like, I know that smell. Wait, you could just buy weed here. Like, this is, this is like I'm back in high school again. Like, all right. But I stopped doing all that. It was like, I can't like, I can't live a life and also get high. But then I realized, Now I can tell you I'm on the other side of that, too, because I was probably smoking too much as I stopped taking that medication, still trying to get on the other side of all this stuff. I used that as like the bridge to get out of something else. Mm -hmm. And and also in order to have the balance that I needed with the work life stuff, which I thought you needed work life balance. I needed to get high to be present with my kids and to be present with my family. So the only way to be present with them was to get my mind off of the things that didn't matter. And the only way to get my mind off of the things that didn't matter was to get high. so The story that you told yourself. The stories I told myself, right? And now I don't need that stories. I'm on the other side of it. But it, Being in the middle of that transition, I was telling myself all kinds of things to create the narrative that this is what I needed. Like, And so I, I couldn't do any work for the firm because I was too high. I shouldn't be doing anything anyway. I'd be screwing it up. So it was, it was all like creating that narrative of trying to get to the other side of it. Now I can't get high until 420 every day else I can't check that box and I got to check my boxes yesterday I checked all 12 so I went back and reviewed and the most I've done all 12 in a month was four last month four days out of the month I checked all 12 most days I'm getting like I'm averaging now nine or ten because there's always something that I don't get sometimes it's like the sleep sometimes it's the past nine sometimes it's whatever like a lot of times it's a stand but
1: do you ever battle with not like feeling like you want to give up on all those habits because you're not hitting them every day. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Because it's all or none, right? Like if yeah. I'm not, so it's not, so now I'm okay with not hitting all of them because I'm working on my averages and I'm working on, so I'm, I'm tracking everything. I'm tracking my mood at the end of the day too. So I got like a little smiley face, a straight face or a sad face. And that's, we have a lot more moods than that, but that's what I'm tracking for the day too. So to see if there's correlations and I'm tracking my daily totals and then monthly totals for each one. And all those numbers matter because. You know, we're accountants, we're analytical. I like, I like the numbers; it makes me feel better. But to me, I know. So the reason I don't throw the towel in these is because there's so many of them, and there's so many that at certain times I am on a streak with with a lot of them. Like, I missed meditating the other day, and that I was on like a almost a two month streak of not of not missing meditating, and I I felt the difference because I couldn't sleep, and it was like twelve thirty, and my, so much racing on my head. And I realized right then I forgot to meditate today. Like I just didn't fit it in. Like it's so I don't think I'm going to stop all forever because I noticed, wait, I can't sleep. And that's probably part of the reason why I can't sleep because I didn't clear my head. I didn't clean up there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So people that don't meditate, I feel you like for anybody that doesn't meditate, I couldn't like get my head around the idea of meditating. because I felt like you had to clear your mind The whole time i felt like you had to be totally empty and and it wasn't worth doing because i couldn't do that but it's not about that it's like practicing anything else some days you will be able to clear it all out some days you won't and you have to pay attention to what's coming up and everything that you're thinking about and then that helps you decide what you're going to focus on that day too that's kind of like when you said to block you know to kind of think about your vision and journal and recommit you know walk Meditating is the same thing as all of those different things, too.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah i I don't meditate.
2: <laughs> I know. well, that's I'm I'm with you. I I'm
1: one of those people that, like, I've tried it. Like, and I'm I'm not I'm not saying like it's not for me. I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like yeah. it's not for me. I've tried it. I'm one of those people that continues to try it over and over and over again, which probably means I do meditate. But whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it it was me. To, for me, it was redefining. So when I first started doing it, there were some days that I actually hit a point where it was like a euphoric meditation where I felt like tingly and it, it, I felt really good after because I really did like clear my mind. And that was like, that was the tipping point of realizing what meditation was. And then and then I couldn't keep doing that. So then I stopped because it was like, I, if this isn't going to happen every time, then I'm not doing it. I'm doing something wrong, so mm-hmm. I just shouldn't be doing it at all. And then eventually I started to catch these like, guided meditations and I didn't have to do it alone i would put my headphones on and then i would just i had this guided meditation playlist from apple music and i just hit shuffle whatever came on i just did that for that amount of time and that's what helped me keep doing it now it's the peloton app they have meditations on there and the meditations are different things to focus on so it's like kindness gratitude patience they have sleep meditations so all of these things are just like kind of like tarot cards where you just pick the thing you want to focus on And then do that for the day. So that's like just part of my habits now. And I realize most days I still have too much going on in my head that I can't even listen to what they're saying, but I still got to do it because it's still like part of that practice. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's never, it's never perfection. Practice is, this is why they call accounting firms practices, right? We're not perfect. We're always practicing. We're always iterating. We're always getting better. So meditating, I'm like. I'm a toddler's stage of meditation. Like I'm not a monk or anything. i just kind of go at, go through the motion. Sometimes sometimes I'm doing it right, but at least like I'm still doing it and I'm doing it.
1: That's the big secret for like a lot of things that we think that every, you know, someone has their together or like some CEO knows what they're doing, but it's like this (laughs) big secret that there's still days where they're just like, I'm just pretending, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. It's like me. I'm a pretend rapper and this is what I want to do. I want to call myself a rapper. So if I'm just practicing and I'm doing it, I'm still learning how to rap. The latest one I did was a book. So I'm doing, I'm pairing the book reports with raps now too. So it's, we did the infinite game, Simon Sinek's infinite game and Eminem's first track or first album was infinite. So I was like, Ooh, I could take that one and pair that with infinite game. So I took a bunch of the copy from the book. Put it in there and like did. I used the same style Eminem did, but I had to, I couldn't do the same raps. I couldn't do a parody. So I actually had to teach myself how to rap for this one. And that was eye opening. I didn't know that every bar is like, it goes to four beats and that each bar is like, there's 16 of them in a verse. So I'm learning even more. Like I realized I'm opening this door of like, now the possibilities are endless. And now that there's certain things I can do now that I never could do before because I was just speaking that language without really knowing the language. I was just copying it, right? So yeah, I don't think I'll ever know how to rap, but one day I hope to call myself a rapper. I hope to have a real chain. This is like $50 one I got off of Amazon, but eventually <laughs> I'm going to use my profits for the podcast and buy a cool chain.
1: Awesome. Okay, so we have a little bit of time left. Cool. Thank you for sharing your real story. I think that as we were talking before we hit record, like, another one of those big secrets. Like no one wants to share that, like they're struggling. And I struggled with sharing that I was struggling.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, you did good. Like I've never done a solo episode. And so you kind of inspired me to start doing these. So I'm going to start doing so. uh, Wow. I didn't realize you'd
1: never done a solo episode.
2: Never, never. And I've never, I've always feared that because I've always like, I didn't, I've always wanted to be the center of attention. But I've always fought against that because my parents just said that was not the thing that you should want. Like you should Mm -hmm. give everybody else the spotlight. So I always saw that as a bad thing. So combine somebody that wants to be an entertainer, wants to entertain with the fact that they think it's bad for attention and that you shouldn't want attention that made for a very toxic combination of most of my life. So now with the whole podcast thing, I feel like I have nothing to say. I shouldn't be the one that's just sitting there talking because nobody wants to hear me. They want to hear the guests. They want to hear the co host They don't hear That's BS. It the... Well, that is
1: total BS. <laughs> but
2: you're, I've learned some tough
1: that, love over here, but I've, you're those are just more stories that you're telling yourself. Like I think people really want to hear what you have to say, and solo episodes hit different. Like I don't know. I I usually ha- I used to script them entirely. If we're completely honest, I used to actually just read my blogs. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler well, alert. Don't go well, back you wrote to your really blog, episodes. right?
2: Yeah. Don't worry about it. Like it's, but that's what people thought. Like, so you inspired an idea yesterday. I was like, i I have one of my rap names. I got a lot of different rap names. One of them is S3X, right? So three S's. So I don't even know what the third S was. It could be Scott Scarano, something, right? S3X because it also looks like a backwards E, the three mm-hmm. looks like a backwards E. So it just looks like sex. So it would be the Scott Scarano show, right? s three X, but I would just put sex on there with like a backwards E or the three. And then people go under the covers, they get to actually hear the episode and it is just the Scott Scarano show, whatever I want to talk about that day. There's plenty of things I could talk about. It's like, I got a whole notebook of ideas of things that I wanted to do that I haven't done. I can just go flip through that notebook and just talk and then let Ian edit it, and then just release it. So it'll be volume one, sex volume one, will be the first one that I do. And then I'll see what the clickbait does to that, because sex and accounting don't tend to mix ever. Like, So (laughs) this is a show for accountants that I don't know how how that's going to do. We did an episode on poetry, and it was a great episode, because Nicole did a rap too, so that was another P word. And not too many people picked it up, but everybody who did pick it up, loved it. Like they said, it was a good episode. I don't think
1: I've listened to that one. I'm going to have to go back and check it out.
2: Check it out. It's, it's introducing the first rap I did. And it's also introducing the one she did and her rap on LinkedIn got like 43,000. Like, you know, at the time we were recording, it had so much activity on there, like whatever they call it, impressions or or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the episode just did. Okay. Like, so I don't know, you know, it's kind of context for everything too. So I pushed the envelope, like Laurelin Wilson, her episode was big dick energy, because she said that during the episode. And I thought it was appropriate to call that title because it was clickbaity. And that Mm -hmm. did do well. Like, and, you know, probably because Laurelin was on there, she's fun and everything. But Ian also wants to keep the podcast clean. So I got to listen to my editor and I don't know if he's going (laughs) to want to put sex on the title there. He might not, he might not be okay with it, but we'll see
1: oh it's so funny
2: it'll say s3x though so really technically it'll be like a2x but a step up right isn't that app yeah. in our space a2x mm-hmm. so yeah, s3x
1: so if we can find a way to do a power of four that's what we should name this
2: episode Ooh, the yeah. power
1: of four i have not figured out how to make that little four though can we
2: just do s well yeah i i haven't figured that out either <laughs> three you can't do the power of three but we would it be s4x
1: didn't we yeah didn't
2: Serena Scottcar yeah, that's S4 s four the
1: power of four, or we could just write that out, I guess, but
2: that's yeah, it's not about <laughs> as cool idea. yeah well let, let's let's ruminate on it a little bit more because s to the power of four would be dope, but it could be just s two plus s two mm-hmm. equals s four right, or it does it equal s four if you do s Two. So now we're going back to math that I placed out of in high school. So I haven't done this kind of math since high school. And
1: I didn't go beyond algebra two. <laughs> yeah,
2: so this is algebra right here. So if you have something to the second power, plus something to the second power, I, I think, think it's to the to fourth the four- power, if, especially if it's the same numerator, right? So yeah. S2 plus S2 equals, and we're just going to do an S4 mm-hmm. for the title. Like you can't do the power, but you can do the two power because I already discussed how to do that. Just copy and paste it. That's a good title. Although I don't think anybody's going to pick it up because it's just like not descriptive enough too, but we'll see. Hopefully yeah. this episode gets some listens. Yeah. We'll, sh- we'll share it out. Okay. So
1: we will be doing a part two. And on part
2: two is going to be all, show. and I'll let you talk that time. Cause I did <laughs> 98% of the talking on this one. So.
1: That's okay. You're my guest. So. That's to be expected. But do you have any other words of wisdom to share with those listening on getting on the other side of this? Because I know I'm not the only one. I've heard from lots of people.
2: So I heard from somebody recently, creativity is not productivity.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Creativity is different than productivity. It's not better or worse.
2: It's not better or worse. It's just not the same thing. Yeah. And you want to tap into your creative, I'm going to bridge it though. You want to tap into your creative side to help you figure out, you got to tap into who you are. And that's, I think that's everybody's aid, their creative side. It's not their ego. Ego is the enemy, but their aid, like who they really are at their core to help find your purpose. It's obvious. Once you figure it out, it's going to feel, and it's going to be like, I should have known this my whole life, Right. It's something that you're already interested in. That's how you find your niche. That's how you find your niche at your accounting firm, your bookkeeping. That's how you find anything is what do you already pay attention to? What do you already like? And that helps you bridge to get to the other side of that because then it's easy. Like to me, it's the rap stuff. It's talking. It's I've always, I've always talked a lot. Obviously I didn't need to talk about that because that's a unconsciously aware thing I am now. Like I know this. So Tapping into your creativity helps that, but you need to create that space. So, you know, just use Serena's suggestions in her last solo effort where take a walk, you know, clear your head, have an hour where you just write, just write whatever is on the top of your mind, anything, and go back to that in another day. Do something that you can really figure out what's getting to you. Why, Why do you want to throw in the towel? Because you started what you're doing for a reason. It's probably not time to quit. So let's figure out a way to pivot. And this way, you can do what you're doing with a little bit more purpose and a little bit more intention. Sometimes that means you got to do something else. I just don't know. It was different for everybody.
1: Yeah. So good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So, I appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Peace we'll out. See you soon.
4: Oh, yeah. It's Marshall and Simon, baby. It's the offspring of popular business text and rap. Open up your mind. This hybrid is one of a kind. You represent an accounting high. You know what I'm saying? It's infinite cynic for the deuce deuce. Alright, y'all ready? Hey yo pay attention as these phrases break conventions contemplate this infinite game to displace intentions stalemates recessions we question this profession space concentrate use discretion while i captivate and engage don't discriminate assimilate sex age and race fixate create campaigns that innovate to remain sane be grateful and stable don't erase or replace embrace the change praise based on love not disdain rearrange our domains it's seductive and addictive for executives that can't live by simple objectives be alive to thrive not just survive recognize ties beside those that lie outside the print fine infinite with no finish lines no one wins by design akin to create a new business decisions envision a revision of ambition in lieu of beaten competition that's a few definitions of his infinite vision it's cynic you heard of simon optimistic find your why As ted inspires millions he's resilient and determined to try And define an infinite state of mind Design mankind to shine ubiquitously bright With strategic benefits of being infinite A just cause will advance confidence, strength, and permanence, advantages immense and root to an existential flex salute independence mute finite mindsets dilute deficient mutual sets in a self-evident pursuit of happiness reduce intense excess stress study worthy rivals compatible not untenable or fallible ideally suitable eventually comparable prepare to be existentially flexible we fail to see deals made verbally or visually are equally unenforceable philosophically financially between y'all and me never declare victory don't compare to the exceptional be inspirational set an example Arch archrival steal market share to master their financial year consistency and quality fundamentally over intensity essentially we ready our existential flexibility we're cynic you heard of simon optimistic find your wise ted inspires millions he's resilient and determined to thrive and define an infinite state of mind, design mankind to shine ubiquitously bright with strategic benefits of being infinite. We act fast with whack-a-mole reactions that distract, but don't last. In the past, those who managed to attract talent came to pass. The average practice has created a gap. Imagine how we strangled a well-established path, despite the fact that they lack to have any impact. Continue to provide true value to consumers. Buyers do need more protectors. Don't shoot the messenger. Exert pressure on inert directors who, throughout sourcing hires finding cheaper suppliers, driving margins even higher to absolutely ensure longer-lasting employee satisfaction and. Tenure, influence, ventures, and in power to prevent future disaster too far removed from some day-to-day matters. Leaving arbitrary grind games to close-minded neckties. Define your incline and realize pride is not a prize behind the horizon. Find inspiration as passions arise high inside. Cynic, you heard of Simon Optimistic. Find your why as Ted inspires millions. He's resilient and determined to try. And define an infinite state of mind, design mankind to shine ubiquitously bright with strategic benefits of being cynic. You heard of Simon, optimistic. Find your why as Ted inspires millions. He's resilient and determined to try. And define an infinite state of mind, design mankind to shine ubiquitously bright with strategic benefits of being infinite. Game.
1: Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shoop. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode. Be ambitious.